SEN Ashes Cricket for the Barbecue Bacon Angus at Macca's. And we have our experts with us for Red Energy, 100% Australian Electricity and Gas, David Bumble Lloyd and Peter Lawler. It's been brilliant having you with us on the coverage this week, Bumble, for the first time. You're with us at the Oval next week as well. We'll take this opportunity to talk about uh, the life and times that you've enjoyed in this part of the world over what? Going back to the mid-60s when you first walked through the gates at Old Trafford? 1964, I was an amateur and still at school and coming down for nets and playing the odd second 11 match and I've seen all the changes here and there have been many and seen some wonderful cricketers and when we first emerged in the late 60s there's particularly a one-day side and you could then have overseas players that you're allowed two overseas players so going over the hill over the m62 which joins yorkshire and lancashire yorkshire you had to live in yorkshire to play for yorkshire not the, and that's end of there's no question of you lived anywhere else. You weren't born there, you don't play there. And so gradually they changed, and their first overseas was Sachin Tendulkar, where we'd had uh, Farouk Engineer and Clive Lloyd, who were at the ground today, they were at the ground yesterday, and so they were absolutely magnificent. Now, it's not plain sailing, isn't that, to, to, to bring an overseas player in, because they've got to fit in. You've got to know each other. These two were adopted Lancastrians from Bow One, from the get-go. They were adopted Lancastrians. They still live here after all these years. And so you graduate to Wazim Akram. I mean, if, I'm, if ever I'm asked, who, who, you're going to pick a World eleven. I start at number eight, Akram. And, and he played here. I was coach at the time. He was devastating, a wonderful, wonderful fella with a wicked sense of humour and brilliant on the field who could just switch it on. Let me tell you one story about when you're in the nets and all cricketers listening will understand when you go to net practice that they're always onto the court, the balls are rubbish, balls are terrible, these balls, why don't we get some decent balls? Akram used to go in the ball bag and look for the worst ball you could ever find and do all the big gizmos, all the reverse swing, and he was unplayable with the worst ball in the bike. Whereas all the other, all our Lancastrians, these balls are shocking. I want a decent ball to ball with, not Akram. So we had some wonderful times. Mural Itherum played here. Mural Itherum. And, and I suppose you personally had that experience of playing with touring pros from your days in Accrington, playing club cricket with some all-time greats joining you at, at club level too. Yeah, well, vintage times of league cricket and that got me into cricket in Lancashire League as a child, as a, a little lad of 10 and 11 years old, going to the cricket grounds and getting the autographs of these fantastic cricketers who were coming from all around the world. Every nationality and the grounds full. And, and you played, you paid sort of a shilling to get into the ground, but you had to pay another sixpence to get into the enclosure just to get your autographs. You know, they were wonderful times, and that's what got me into cricket, really. And Didn't Dennis, Lily, just to interrupt Dennis, <laughs> Dennis came up and played for Lancashire Dennis, in the league. Dennis yeah. played, Dennis, <laughs> he played at Haslingdon. Right. And I, I can't remember who came to this match, and he's, he's lent on the side screen in a Lancashire flat cap. <laughs> barracking <laughs> barracking from the boundary like they always do Lancashire yeah. League is yeah. absolutely barrack let me tell you about Bobby Simpson Bobby Simpson comes across yeah. and his first two innings I'm, I'm, I'm sure were low scores I think they might have been no no well I mean well, right, someone else did right, that in their first innings oh they did yeah, yeah, we'll yeah, talk about yeah, that in a minute yeah, yeah. but yeah. so the, the crowd are unforgiving this is Bobby Simpson and they're, they're all shouting 
Who's your pro? Where's your pro? <laughs> Give he, your money back. <laughs> he, he, yeah, yeah, send him home. Send him back where he's come from. Anyway, from then on, he broke the league record with 1,511 runs. Wow. He played fabulously well. And he, held, he, he must have been into coaching or as aspirations to get into coaching because he, he was one of the rare ones who would all coaching sessions for the kids come in and be coached by Bob Simpson. So he obviously translated that to an amazing triple ton on this ground at, at Old Trafford. I mean, what are your early memories of actually coming here as a kid and, and watching England or, or Lancashire play here at, here at Old Trafford? Well, it, it, it was as a player, I was fast-tracked. I was fast-tracked into the team uh, through Lancashire schools cricket. So how did you get noticed? That's a you know, good question. How did you get noticed? Well, that time, the schoolboys, Lancashire boys, North Lancashire boys, you play here, play at this ground. So you're in front of the committee, mm. and you know I, I was okay. I got a, a 50 and 45 wickets, got signed on, <laughs> signed on as an apprentice, and into the second eleven, fast tracked into the first team. Not clearly good enough to play, but they got me into the team. As Pete says, I, I was very consistent in my first match. I got none in the first inning, none in the second innings. <laughs> then we went and played Yorkshire. I got none in that and none again in the second inning. I, I, I did that four times, just getting out your system. In a test trial, I got none and none, which didn't help my cause at all. <laughs> but I've got to tell you, one of them notes was run out infamously at the non-striking end, without facing a ball, by, come on, all together, who's run me out? Who's run me out? Come on, I'm only giving you one chance. Uh, in a trial game at Lancashire? Or, or it, it's against... a trial game, it's around the country. Oh, so Jeff, I... Jeffrey Boycott. Correct, yeah. bang on. <laughs> yeah. he... The guy from over the hill. Oh, that's yeah. it. Yeah. So I got run out in a test trial by him. So that meant I didn't get in. Yeah. We, we <laughs> so you do get your chance eventually having played in a, in a glory era for Lancashire under Jack Bond. We touched on that a, yeah. a couple of days ago. But when you finally make it to England ranks, your recollections of stepping into a, a dressing room and playing test cricket? Would that be at Lords? First test match as Lords, which is, you know, terrific to do that against India. And myself and Dennis Amis would open. Mm. And I was 46 not out, in the 40s, not out at lunchtime. So this is 1974, I've got to stress that. So you go into the legendary lunchroom at Lord's with Nancy, who used to do all the catering. And at that time, there were bottles of beer all over the table. I thought, well, I've done pretty well here. I've got 46 in my first test, but I think I'll have a lager. Switch, I did. <laughs> <laughs> poured, poured myself a lager, had a bit of pudding, uh, went out, and it was out in the first over, caught short leg by Eknath Solkar, who was a, a, he was yep. a brilliant short leg fielder. Um, but then went on and played the next test match uh, at Edgebaston and I got 214 not out and, and I was devastated when Mike Dennis declared we're only like 440 I'm 214 not out mm. and he called us in I thought I'm on here I'll get 300 not here mm, mm. and I'll tell you this it, I mean that was 1974 if he hadn't declared against that Indian attack, I'd still be in now. <laughs> that were the Indian side that didn't win a game on the whole tour, right? Yeah, and yeah. They, they, the Indian team said, we're playing on, why do we keep playing on these green pitches? And they were balled out and followed on. And, and Sonny Gavaska was the quickest baller that they had. <laughs> so um, so I, I thought it was the flattest thing I've ever played on at Edgebaston. Any flatter, he'd be in an envelope. And, and some contrast 
between that and the two year go on in 1974-75 to Australia with Lily and Thompson really in their pomp and having uh, to go out there and walk out when it was as hostile as it's ever been. I have never been out of England up to that stage. I've been to Wales. That's about as far as it was. So I get on an aeroplane, which I'd never been on before, and it was a Qantas jet, and we, we touched down in Darwin. And we're coming, we're coming down the steps at some unearthly hour at Darwin, obviously for a refuel or something. And I've never felt heat like that. And, and I've, I've never been on an aeroplane, as I say. And we're coming down the steps. I said, crikey, these engines get hot, don't they? They said, that's not the engines, that's Australia. <laughs> Pete, you'd remember that as a little boy, Dennis yeah, Lilly yeah. being your hero and 74, yeah. 75 being oh. a, a most memorable Ashes series and bubble walking out. Yeah, I do, I do. And that, that's, that's tough, isn't it? You played, what, nine years of first-class cricket. You come into the test team. You've yeah. you done all right. Yeah, yeah. And then they send you to Australia for that. that yeah. That's uh, it, that it was, is a real wake-up call. It, 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 it's a lifetime thing with you. Yeah. That team, that Australian team, were fantastically led by Ian Chappell. They got a wonderful pair of opening bowlers, mm. Thompson and Lily, backed up by Tangles, Max mm. Walker, off spin from Ashley Mallet, yeah. an absolute gun batting lineup, Rodney Marsh behind the stumps. But I tell you, it, it was that tradition there. At the end of a day's play, you would alternate and go into each other's rooms yeah. and have a chat and have a beer. Fantastic times. Great bunch of blokes. Wonderful bunch of fellas. And so, you know, there were one or two of our lads who wouldn't go in. You know, he's trying to kill me. He's trying to knock my head off. Why do I want to have a beer with him? Uh, but I, I loved it. I'll go in and sit with him and have a, a bit of a yarn. Dougie Walters was great to sit next to. When you've shared experiences like that, obviously with your own teammates, you have a bond. But what, with the other team, do you have a sort of bond with those yeah, guys? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I finished up great mates with Ian Chappell. I always see Dennis Lilly when we go across. Tom Hall's here at the moment. He, he thinks I'm t completely talentless. He said he's totally talentless <laughs> in that block because I, he, he thinks I've made money about getting it in the box by Jeff Thompson. He thinks I've made a lot of money about it. But I love him to bits. He, he was fabulous as a, as a bowler. And he comes straight out of the country, I think. Mm. I think he was a country boy. But, I mean, physically, you know, the shoulders on him and that action that he just ambled in and then rockets came down. You wouldn't see it too, would you? Was that, no, that load up? Yeah, I mean, yeah? Yeah, yeah, the load up as the ball was behind him. The, the nearest thing I've seen to that, and it's only a picture... There's a picture of Frank Tyson, yeah. who for a, for a spell was unbelievably quick for England. And it's with his front foot up in the air and the ball is nearly on the ground behind him as he catapult triggers back mm. to deliver. And Thompson was very similar to that. I know you always get asked about getting hit in the box, so we won't do that. But on that tour of 74-75, I mean, Colin Cowdery gets flown over to... He's 41-year-old. ...to be part of it. And the, and the vision of him ducking and weaving all the rest. A guy who played all the way back, I think he made his debut in 1954-55, having someone like that in the dressing room with you must have been brilliant as a younger bloke. Well, the first time I'd met him, Colin Cowdery, it was in the middle. Was really? In the middle. Huh? And, and, you know, there's a couple of bounces or three bounces gone down, and you know you meet in the middle at the end of an over. <laughs> he comes up, and he was quite posh, a yeah. posh Englishman, he was a lord in the end. He comes up to me, he said, I say, this is rather fun. <laughs> And I looked at him, my eyes wide open. I said, I've been in funnier situations than this. <laughs> 
So in terms of how your career trajectory goes from there, of course, you don't play loads of international cricket after that, but you do end up having this sort of the career that goes all over the place in terms of coaching and umpiring yeah, yeah. And, and coming back to England as the national coach yeah. in the 90s. But what drew you to as a as a pro going into the umpiring caper when you finished up? I wanted to stay in the game. I'd, I'd finished when I was 36, like many players. What am I going to do now? And I worked for a brewery for a time, and that wasn't me as selling. I wasn't a salesman. An opportunity came to go into umpiring. I did two years as a reserve umpire, so I couldn't umpire first-class matches. I could do um, university games and things like that, second eleven. So you learnt your trade that way, and eventually I got onto the full panel. Thoroughly enjoyed it. You, there was no altercation. There was no challenge by the players. You were the boss. You were the boss out there. I'll just give you an instance that um, you would give not out and I like to give them out I, I was like I like the game to go forward and I, 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 not out not out not out and, and you go to square leg and a, a fielder would come up and say what, what, what were wrong with that one what, 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 what were that missing and I'd say oh that's great shout that great shout great appeal I said it might have been hitting it might have been missing I wasn't sure I'd have to guess I would have to guess if I had to give that out and I'll tell you what I'll do when you're batting I'll start guessing. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had an incident with the umpires today. Did you see that in India? Harman Preet. I did. Harman Preet has teed off the Indian uh, women's she captain. There was an incident Kicked over the stumps or knocked them over? Knocked, when the, she's knocked the stumps out. over with her bat, then walked into the press conference and said to the Bangladeshi captain, what are you doing here? You're not, you're not the reason that your side have done well. It's the umpires. They should be here. She'll definitely end up a match referee because we've seen someone else do that too, haven't we? Broad. Broad's dad. Broad he kicked senior. over the stumps, didn't he? Knocked him over in Australia. Mm. But evidence of that. Did Colin Croft knock the umpire through the stumps, I yeah. think? Yes, yeah. he did. He ran up behind him, didn't he? Well, he dropped I, the shoulder. You, you, yeah. You're going you're gonna to get it, aren't you? If you do that sort of thing, they're going to come and jump on you. Quite so, right. Did you ever consider when you were doing that and going around the, the counties and the shires that you might go on an umpire at an international level? Was that ever in your... I was nearly there. I, it, I was due to do a one-day international and then we in the UK followed Australia with quick cricket. You had kanga cricket. Yep. Mm. Australia had kanga cricket, which was an introduction to the game in primary schools at a young age for boys and girls with plastic equipment. And I headed that. Uh, from Lords, I had to go down to Lords every um, for two or three days a week, right. and I I was a sort of front man for that uh, to get that going. So uh, umpiring stopped then. But the, the other thing about coaching, whilst I was playing, I'd always had an interest, and I took all my badges whilst I was playing here, and so I was ready. I I, I got everything in place. If an opportunity came up, so you always got to wait for an opportunity uh, to go into coaching. Mickey Stewart was England coach at the time. And he'd been involved in the adjudication of who goes forward as coaches. And he got me to take the under-15s and under-19s. And so that's, that was my first step on the ladder uh, to move up the coaching. So that's before you go to Lancashire as coach. You coach England 19s. Yes. Yeah. Who are some of the young fellas you looked after then? Uh, Andrew Flintoff, <laughs> Ben Hollyoak, Marcus Truscothic, Anthony McGrath, Vikram Solanke, Anurag Singh... We had a lovely Is that bunch Rob of lads. group as well? Was that no, no, I didn't see Rob. Alex Tudor. Okay. And so, as always, you're looking... It's interesting at that level because some years you have a really good group and then you'll have a barren group. You know, they're not just as good as last year's and then you pick up again. And so it's always terrific to see 
the lads who are at that level, 17-year-old, what the policy was to always pick them a year young. Don't, don't pick them right on the under-19 age so that you miss them. Have them for two years, mm. uh, which is what we did. And um, Whilst I was England coach, I'll skip forward. When I was England coach, a lad called John Abrams was in charge of the under-19s. And he rang me to say, I've got two who are ready to play full internationals. And the two were Ben Hollyoak and Andrew Flintoff. Right. And Alex Stewart was captain. So he had the say-so at that time, and he, he fast-tracked him into the team. It was like a philosophical question around that time, wasn't there, Pete? But what does a coach yeah. actually mean? In cricket, Ian Chappell advanced that view. Shane Warne certainly advanced the view. Definitely. That, well, what's a coach mean? But, I mean, you obviously had a, a different perspective and thought you could bring something to these younger cricketers. Um, well, you're a father figure. You're giving guidance, that's all. So to, to my job with, with the England team, was to support the captain. That, that's how it was in the 90s. And it, it definitely changed. We didn't have central contracts, so the players would be playing for the counties. They would be invited to play for England. They'd come and play for England, go back to the counties. So you as a coach just saw them for that five, six-day window. And so my job was to take the weight off the captain to prepare the team with nets and practice and organisation. When it came to match day, you sit back, have a cup of tea, you can go to the pitches if you want, because he's the <laughs> captain. He, that's his team. Uh, but And it changed in 2000 when central contracts came in. I'd just left and went into TV and Duncan Fletcher came in. Fantastic coach, but a technical coach. Duncan was technical. And so central contracts meant that he had the players for weeks on end. So you can work technically then, you know, you, you've just got a group of players. And he was fabulous. And he was a no-nonsense coach as well, Duncan. He had a bit of discipline in him as well, which I can promise you I never had. <laughs> Did you? Go on, lads, we'll have a night out here. <laughs> well, it sounds like you had a few likely lads there who wanted to drink Yeah, too. we had. I had a great bunch of lads. I'd, I'd never regret, no, no problem. I mean, I mean let's, let's talk about some of the characters. When I first came into the job, somebody will always warn you. They'll always say, just keep your eye on him, he's, he's a bit, you know. Philip Tufnell. So I get Philip, who was a rebel. He was a rebel, so no, no problem. So straight away, I'd always, always ask Philip in practice, what do you want to do? And he said, what? Well, I've never had it like that. What do you mean? What, what do? I said, you tell me what you want to do. I said, I don't want you upset. What do you want to do? I, I ball for 40 minutes. I said, that's great. You have a ball for 40 minutes. He was never known for fitness. So we go to West Indies, and we're in Guyana at the Pegasus and it's like a promenade and it goes out for a mile and a half and back for a mile and a half and it's a training day. It's the fellow who does all the training, the strength and conditioning. It's his day. Right, we're going to set off with a three-mile run and I just looked at Philip. I thought he'd never, ever run three miles, ever. <laughs> I said, right, me and Philip, we, you, me and you will run, run at the back. I said, we'll run at the back, but we don't stop. No stopping. To which he said, the great line, Hang on, I'll just get me fags. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we go, we go out, and we're at the back, and never, never moving from the back. We're sort of heel and toe, heel and toe, and he's wheezing and coughing. And we get back to the start point, and he's on his hands and knees. I thought he's going to peg out here. I mean, this is going to be the end of him here. So, eventually, I said, "Right, Philip," I said, "How do you feel now?" He said, "Well, boss." If they ever find anybody that can hit you three miles, I'll be able to bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> was, was coaching more satisfying than playing? Some people do say that. that no, they got, no, no, nothing better than playing. 
nothing better good. than playing. Good. Absolutely. Yeah. With respect to that group you had, I mean, it's often try and get the right adjective here. Sometimes the mick is taken out of the 90s England team, right? There's been a documentary made on Sky about it, a book yeah. written by Emma John about yeah. it, which you would have contributed to both of those, yeah. I'm sure, about it being a, a bit of a footloose and fancy-free time. But that group of players seem very loyal to each other and very loyal to you as their coach. That bond still remains to this day. Yeah, very much so. Mates with all of them. Nasser, Mike Butcher, great fun. I, I mean, I, I, he won't mind me telling you this, Mark. He won't. He's just that sort of lad. Yeah. He's a wonderful player. So we picked him for his first match at Edgebaston. So we're in the 90s. And I've got to sort of... It's Pete's area, is this. We had investigative journalists following us. Mm. We had, you know, lads who were digging the dirt. Going through the rubbish bin. Yeah, like yeah. anyway, we had two wonderful lads who wrote for Sunday newspapers, Peter Hater and David Norrie. Good and fellas. they were always sniffing yeah. for a thing. So it's Butch's first match. And I'm fairly new as well. In fact, I think it might have been my first game. And they came to me and they were mates anyway. They said, just a quick word with you, your opening batter, we're in Liberty's nightclub at one o'clock this morning. <laughs> I said, okay, all right, okay. So I go to Butch, I said, look, mate, and I knew Butch, I knew lifestyles yeah. and so on. I said, just just be careful. I said, you're up at Liberty's. I said, you've been clocked by the Sunday boys. I said, just be careful, it was one o'clock. He said, I never go to bed before three. <laughs> so I said, OK, we'll leave it at that then. Uh, uh, but, it, you know, you look at Gary Sorbers, who would, in an interview would say that, that he didn't like to get to sleep before three, couldn't sleep so much. And so it, it's whatever ticks your box, isn't it? You don't have to go to bed at ten o'clock. Mm, mm. Making the most of the opportunities you got, I suppose. And you certainly did that in, in the media as a, a TV identity for a, a very long time, primarily with Sky Sports, but also a long period of time working on radio yeah, love with Test Match, yeah. Test Match Special as a, yeah. as a summariser there. But yeah. being able to, I suppose, not only provide your sharp analytical focus on the game, but the lighter touch on TV, which is so important, colour and shade and all the rest of it. Well, seven hours is a long time to be miserable. So I want to have a bit of fun as well. <laughs> you know, you've got to... You, you've got to smell the coffee and embrace it. In a test match, there's going to be 20 minutes when there's nothing happening. Yep. Let's have a look in the crowd. Let's have a see who's around. Yep. Who are the dignitaries that are here? And, and so, you know, you can expand it. But all you're wanting to do is to... The person who's watching the TV, you want them to think that they're actually sat here next to you. That, that's the bottom line. And there's that... You know, the great lines, you can attribute it to Richie Benner or anybody. You know, just less is more. Yep. You know, just let it wash for a while. Just leave the pictures. I've nothing else to add. It feels like even now, having done pretty much everything someone can do in cricket, you look, you love it so much. You're doing the Lancashire live stream during county cricket yep. here at Old Trafford. You're doing various gigs around the place, obviously working with us on SEM Test Cricket, and you'll continue to do so, I suppose. Yeah, and the Lancashire stuff, there's a game here on Tuesday. I'm doing the game on Tuesday. Correct. It's a county match against Northamptonshire. But to come back on SEM... It's, it's almost like coming home. You mentioned that I, I first started in radio and I love doing radio. It's brilliant. I, why do I love radio? Because I can wear what I want. <laughs> <laughs> I can wear exactly what I want and what you see is what you get. You know, this, this top that I've on, I only bring one top, five days, six days. On first day, a fella, he's, he spilled a pint of Guinness all down the back of this top and I know that it stinks. <laughs> I just know I haven't brought another. This is yeah. all I have. 
<laughs> you know when he walks in the press box. <laughs> <laughs> Smells like the night before. Yeah, here yeah. he comes. Yeah. Fumble, thanks for taking some time out to go and do the potted history of your life in cricket. Again, a privilege having you with us on no, SCN Test Cricket. to be here. This week one of many. Let's hope we can do awesome. this many awesome. times over the years. We'll take a break. On the other side of it, we'll go back to Melbourne because, well, the rain isn't tumbling down, but it's certainly still drizzling. And the probability of a restart before the formal close of play, 61 minutes from now, is improbable. So Australia at 5 for 2.14. Uh, they trail by 61. They lost one wicket in the middle session, which was the first today after the delay. Manus Labashain is 11th century. He made 111 caught by Johnny Bairstow, the wicketkeeper, from the bowling of Joe Root. Mitchell Marsh still there on 31, Cameron Green on three. Our coverage is for the Barbecue Bacon Angus at Maccas. After the break, Paulie Sebastiani in Melbourne.